where I'd like to broach on today is a shikol of when when a person learns svarim svarim which discuss deep inyanim the question is how you can do that there's a, there's a tremendous danger involved the danger is what the Kovisa Talmidim the Perzetzner Rebbe tells us about and that's that don't think and this is something which is which is which is an obstacle that we have to get over when you're learning lofty concepts the natural inclination is to become distracted and to feel often for many people that the concepts are are too intangible too esoteric to be able to connect to and as a result there are many that shy away from exploring the the deeper side of of Torah the the Piazetzna he, he strongly opposes that and he says it's, it's, it's almost a priority for a person to delve into this kind of study because it opens up their their neshamas that one of the deepest problems that we're suffering today even within the religious world is the lack of experiential spirituality and it's created a, a, a situation that there are many people who are raised from and they lack the spirituality that's that's embodied should be embodied in Jewish performance they they just they just they're empty and people will become will be from and and not not only even in the 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 less intense from communities but even in the more intense from communities where where there's an extreme scrupulousness in the observance of mitzvahs and <laughs> as a result one would think that they would be embodied impassioned with a sense of closeness to our Baruch however there seems to be a a often by right performance and if you, if you see these people and these people I, I had an experience on Shabbos um, it was a bar mitzvah of one of my relatives and an, another relative came who's completely not religiously observant to spend the Shabbos it happened to be a close relative and therefore he decided that he'd, he'd join us for the Shabbos which was was a great kind of act on his behalf. He was willing to sit and you know, absorb himself in a highly ultra-orthodox environment for 24-hour period, 25-hour period. So I thought it was a brave act. He came to shore for the entire duration of the shore service in order that he could be there for the family. And it was funny because as I sat close to him, I thought, I wonder how he's looking at the shore service. And it was a classic literature davening. And let's put it this way, he didn't come out there inspired. <laughs> he said, he's, he's, he comments afterwards, I mean, he said something which was, which, was, which was perhaps rather harsh, but he said it sounded a bit like a chicken coop. Like all these like, cackles. He said, why weren't they singing together? Why was there no sense of a communal feel of joint prayer? It was just sounded as if there were a lot of people shouting at different paces and different times. And alongside him there was a, an, another family of my cousins who are, who, are, um, <coughs> who are not as, they're not as uh, 
Haredi and they were also disappointed they felt like there was no maybe I'm projecting but I felt that they both felt there was nothing essentially that they could relate to which was uplifting about the service whereas if a person goes to a shul service surely it should be tangible if it's all going well that Akash Baruch is in the room so you should feel like it you should, you, even if you can't experience even I'm not saying singing is necessarily the way to do that but at least with singing there's some type of evidence that there's something going on here beyond just reciting words from a book so imagine if you're completely unaffiliated and you let's say that you've probably never been in a in, in I agree that singing is a great thing for sure, but I'm just I'm just interested in why that shows afters. And I mean, I get why it shows afters. I want to know why it shows. It's, it, I always feel like it's it in fact detracts. Like it makes it feel like it's not real. Like you just you want to say the words. So how are you going to say it? The best way is through it in a melody. It's a nice thing, way to do, say the words. So it depends how if the melody is connecting you to the dear depth of the words, or if it's just connecting you from them. In other words, if the melody and you, I often find like when I listen to some tunes. I, I, I can't figure out what the what the chazan's singing. There are some tunes which are completely, in other words, the goal of a chazan is to try to match the right tune with the right... So we're, things have themes. So, you know, if you... If, what, what's the song? Uh, there's a song which is... Which uh, is uh, no, 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 that's Oh, no, not that one, but that's 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 Kashmak. There's a song made from um, Shimshon's last words. Now, Shimshon, he's about to go to his death as a martyr, and he asks as his last words for assistance from a Kaddish Bolchu to give him strength. It's not those are not the words. That the tune has to be appropriate to what the words are. So uh, sometimes disconnect, but if, they, if you get the right tune for the right words, I think we're very good at doing the Yomim Naroim. During the Yomim Naroim, we get, we get, we get, you feel that the, the atmosphere you know, is, is like long, right? It's generally good. There's a strong Masoya to the, so you know, like Kol Nidre feels like Kol Nidre. You, you feel the solemnity. Solemnity? Like fishers are really good at sounding like that always, though. It just happens that that's the time of year where you should sound like that. <laughs> 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 yeah, Connie Dre is an ancient Nigun. The kids are, so those Nigunim are. Sorry, only 500 years old. So this, the, 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 the Nigunim, the Nigunim can either detract, but the point is that something goes on when there's a Nigun. There's, there's something other than people reading words from a book. But now, like, Christian groups also use music to have these spiritual experiences. Absolutely, on the contrary, on the contrary. So, first of all, who says that spiritual experience is limited to Judaism? Spiritual experience is seemingly a universal thing that all religious groups seek to and often achieve. Spirituality doesn't mean truth. Spirituality can be... Why is, why, why is your spiritual experience in Shul solely based on the, the community as a whole? I mean, it's, it's 
personal time between you and Hashem. Who cares what, you know, Yonkel is doing two genders over for me. So, if, if there wouldn't be such a thing as community prayer, so then I'd support your argument. And I think your argument is, is in a certain way right, because I think there are individuals within the community that get more out of it than just blandly saying scripted words. But there should be a sense of, since the structure of prayer is designed as a communal expression of a connection to the Creator, so someone should look at it and say, oh, what those people are, are they connecting to God? as opposed to, what are those people doing? I have no idea. Like, you come out and you're just puzzled. You have no idea what went on there. And why is it silent? Why Everybody's singing together. It's so there's two Shmonesres. There's a silent Shmonesre, and there's something called Chazor Sashat, which, according to the Swarim, is on a higher level than the silent Shmonesre, because then there's a Tibur together. And then it's just, you know, some people who were illiterate or didn't know the prayers. So that's the Pashup Shat. The deeper Pshat is that it's a much higher level of Tfila when there's one person davening and you're all participating by listening to his words and answering Amen and, and con- um, concretizing what he's saying. So why would we wait for everybody to step out of there? So that's a technical problem of what's called Tirchadetzibura, that you can't keep the community waiting, but that would be the ideal. That's the point. You know, there's a person himself. There are certain swarim which indicate that a person should not be married in his own filler if it's going to cause him to miss Chazar Sashat because he's missing out on the Eka. You are you sure? I think it's the person who was, who was telling you that he didn't feel like there was any... It was a chicken coop. Had a, a problem that I wasn't allowed him to see that it was a communal affair. And he, I, don't, I don't know how his Hebrew was, but if he'd read the Hebrew, he would have read the, every single word is written in the in the in the uh, plural form. Um, almost every single word. A lot of the words, most words, are written in plural form. He didn't. Re- he probably didn't understand what the Chazaras Shas actually was. And if you understand that, then you'll understand that it's not. So the the, the question is as follows, Yeshua. The question is as follows. What you're saying is right. If a person of a deep understanding of prayer, prayer maybe more, would have understood more. But I would think that there should be an element of it being self-evident. Meaning you should be able to... There are certain shuls, which I honestly believe, certain shuls, I honestly believe, if you take a person to, for example, if you take a person to, deal three trillion have dollars. If you take a person to another form of worship, so people probably won't be ambiguous as to what's going on. If you take a person to a Buddha shrine and there people sitting cross-legged meditating, they won't think that they're having coffee. Pashtas. Unless they're having coffee. And I'm not saying they won't be having coffee. They could be living on coffee. People are so blind that they don't even notice when Hashem's in the room. And they're also so blind that they don't even know when they see a real davening. They think that when they see Buddhism, that's what davening is. But they're so blind today that they, they've been so, whatever, brainwashed on the media, whatever the point is, that they live in such a secular world that, they, that all they see, that all they know, or all they think they know, is the davening that they see from, the chur- from churches and from whatever the media shows them. And people are so blind and so distant from Hashem that they don't even notice when He's in the room. So your contention is that people are fed a different perspective in terms of how to process events and occurrences and therefore when they respond to this event which is called communal prayer, even though it's exactly what it is and it's really happening, but they don't have the eyes to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let's say that's one approach, but let's challenge that approach. And let's say over here that when people are given, and I'll challenge it by saying, 
that when you have people and you take them to, let's say, a um, slonomatish, slonomatish, where everyone goes downstairs after the after the after the tish, and they go into the dark and they meditate using well-structured but very to the untrained ear, seemingly random nigunim, yet they all know them. Um, there's a sense of something going on. Now you can walk out of that saying that was weird, that was different, but you won't walk out of that saying that wasn't meditation, that wasn't a spiritual exercise. You'll walk out saying that was a spiritual exercise which I can't connect to, which I found was strange, which I, but you will say that was a spiritual exercise. You won't say there were people in the room doing something which I don't know what it was. Whereas a person could walk into a show and say, I'm not quite sure what they're doing. It didn't, it didn't feel to me that there was a spiritual exercise. I saw a lot of men gathered together in a room and I saw them reading at a very high speed a list of words from a page. So whether he was right, your relative, whether he was right or wrong, it's not really the point. I mean, it could have been that that particular Sibor, if they were all, I don't know, you know, public. I mean, they were, they were very learned people and they, yes. and they were very into their davening. I mean, it could have been a very powerful davening, it's just he, the way he perceived it was... I disagree. I think it would be a powerful davening. If you would have seen a group of people together and you would have noted from the expressions on their face, from the movements of their bodies, from the tone of their voices, the passion and the connection that they had, so then you would have... It wasn't all in unity. Even if it wasn't all in unity. Even if it was, just putting it up there, okay. even if it wasn't in unity, like Caroline, you go there and you, you don't mistake it. I've taken people to Dublin and Caroline who are, have, no, have very little exposure to Judaism. And they've always, it's always, they've always moved away from that saying, wow, that was a very powerful, powerful experience. Wow. Whereas over there, he walked away and he said, what were they doing? I don't understand what that was. What was that? What was that? Like, what was that? Now, it's not hard for me to believe. I know those are related. There's some people that say maybe this relative is fictional and it's actually just me taking on a false persona. But let's assume that he is a real person. But imagine... Well, a relative. Irre irrelevant. <laughs> Who cares? The truth is, at the end of the day, it, it, it was what it was. You don't... Davening Correct. Something uh, ultimately, it is me, right? It is me because it's me seeing it through his eyes. Yeah. Ultimately, it's me. Okay, fine. Fine, admit It's me! So now, why do I have such an issue? Because my issue is I see a group of men gathered together and I think to myself, what's going on? What are these people, what are they, what's going on through their minds? So if I think about what used to go through my mind is ticking the box that you have to say this amount of words. It's like this is the, this is the ritual. So you have to go into shul, you have to say these words because if you don't say these words, so then, and you have to say these words. And the truth is you try to look for the easiest possible way out. So you go to the minion which has got the most comfortable seats which has got the nice leg room and uh, and and it's not too drawn out and, uh, and 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 but those are all things which are seemingly not filler considerations. So there's something badly, badly wrong with all that. There's something which rips out my heart. That how can you have a filler where there's no brain shown? Be shlame, I understand that when you're learning Torah. So since it's an intellectual exercise, you can say, I see people learning Torah and I don't see the Torah. I can understand that because it's not um, imperative that from this activity you'll come to that realization. But filler is literally speaking to God. So now the big wonderment is, can you speak to God without speaking to God? And the answer seems to be categorically, absolutely. <laughs>
that is extremely disturbing. Now, why is it making it more disturbing? Because I'm having a discussion with, uh, at the, around the Shabbos table, and my daughter volunteers the information that, uh, about the fact that um, there are many people walking around in the, in the highly religious world that have zero emunah. And they're just doing things because it's socially acceptable. So now when I hear that, and then I see this davening, and I think, well, imagine you're a person who has no emunah, and then you, you, now you, you've been born into this, and you've been raised in this, and for your sure has been coming here, saying these words, going home in time for Shalant. So then I could understand at a certain point in time, you'd start to ask yourself, what am I doing? What am I doing? And when you look around, you don't see anything necessarily that, that people are connecting to God and that they, they're exuding a closeness and they have a God consciousness that they're possessed by. You don't think to yourself, well, you know, like, what is this all about? I mean, you don't see it. So someone could prove to you rationally, no, no, what do you mean? This is it. But that's not, that's, that's not the, the feeling I get. So I think it's a deep, deep, deep problem. In other words, I'm saying it's a deep problem globally and projecting into the future that if you see wh- where, are we, where are we heading? Where are we heading? Does the Litvish world have more? Like, um, of course. Of course. And because the Hasidism care about that because of like no, it's not true that that that, that, Hasidim, that Hasidim came about because Litvaks were dry. It was a reaction. It was Litvaks were dry because Hasidism came about. <laughs> no, really, you see, you see, a lot. Out the, you see, out you see a lot of reaction. Like, like you do that. see a lot of in social the, reaction. The, what, what do you call it when the when the, the reformers came out and like they were using Tanakh? So in the Litvish world, in the, in the Orthodox world, there was a lot of like, don't learn Tanakh. It was a big reaction. Not don't learn it, but, yes. you know, a big withdrawal from it because that's what they were using to... Substantiate and base it. But kids, uh, it could be... Uh, the, 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 the Kirk communities, you see, it's pretty good. Back in South Africa, definitely is pretty... I mean, it's long. It's long compared to Israel, but it's actually like there's some feeling to it. It, it depends where you are, but it could be, you know, it was about Shiva has a naturally more connected, but I mean... I don't know, I don't think it's about Shiva, I think it's about Shiva Rabonim. Because they want to create Davani as not this dry place, so they sing, they, you know, they, they make sure an enjoyable place, not a tick box. Yeah, Good. Is, are you going there to be entertained by, by singing for... for However long you're diving, or you gotta, is it you gotta feel something. You, you feel something. You feel something. When you're singing but something with a whole kid, it feels so like you're part of it. I understand the importance of singing. I enjoy singing sometimes. I'm saying sometimes it goes from it goes from singing to entertainment to. I'm saying chazanas. I'm not saying chazanas. I'm saying singing with a whole kid. Bekitza, the point is, and I think it's a point that save Yeshua, we all agree to. And, uh, and the truth is, the, the truth is, uh, it's actually this point was raised by Mr. Sadowski. He like he gets really like hit up about these these college fish davening. I mean, it could be it's got to do with his chassidish roots, but I can't say. So the question is. W- w- what's going? What's going on? So I think there's a fundamental, uh, just kind of missing the point, and that is that we learn about Judaism, 
and all of our engagement with Judaism happened in the realm of the cerebral but in the realm of the feeling experiential we are sorely lacking and therefore people don't necessarily teach you how to daven what they do is they tell you what davening says and halachas of davening but even halachas of davening should, should be there to create a if you explain it properly they should be the steps of how to enter into the meditative state but if you explain them as rules to follow and you don't understand the, the, the motive behind them, so they can just be, well, I follow the rules. Maybe some people don't have the key to enter into the meditative state or, or even close to it and therefore they don't they belong in those shoes. And then when they finally get the key, they'll go to the other shoes. And there's a whole spectrum and you choosing where to put yourself. They are, they are. They're they can go to a real show and not feel it. They're they get they're like it. You know these people, Rami. Huh? You know these people. You've met. I wasn't saying it strongly, I was saying it to be provocative. No, I'm saying, but you, you obviously know both. You know all these people, and so does Zach. The problem is that my flake is in the And when I go to a real show, I enjoy it. When I go to a show where everybody's there, it's unpleasant. When I go to a show where I can feel that the people are actually serious about it, no matter how much I don't enjoy Johnny, I enjoy it. Like Kalin. Like Kalin, I loved it. Oh. So, cause it, because you feel like there's something <laughs> real happening there. <laughs> <laughs> how much money? How much money do you need? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, good. So I think, I think you, you're right. In other words, the growth in Tefillah doesn't come from learning more information. The growth in Tefillah comes from how do we access that spiritual side of ourselves which can connect to Hashem. I'll bring you right from the Gwen Brochus. The Gwen Brochus on Daf Yudam with Aleph says, Yudam, have you got there? Yudam, Yudam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Gemara Bracha says that you daven, the kli you used to daven with is your neshama. Baruchin Avshiz Hashem. Why David said the five Baruchin Avshiz? Kenegad Akash Bokhu, Kenegad Anashama. And then it describes the, 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 the attributes of the neshama and it creates an equivalency between the attributes of the Rebbein the neshama to the Gup, as in Akash Bokhu in the world. And then it says, Yavo Mishi Yeshle, Chamisha Duaymeilu. Meaning, this thing should come and praise that thing. This thing, the neshama, should praise Hashem. So where's in the core of tefillah? In the neshama. Meaning, in the, in the essence of where man is, you don't daven through your, through your cognitive pronoun, you daven through the essence of yourself. Not that neshama. So the kids are, so now let's 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 Inshallah. deal with what the 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 Pezetzner Rebbe starts to speak about. And he says he says, the intellect of a man, which, which is within the man, will not be able to see, attain, understand any spiritual thing and not to see it. He can only kind of get a sense of it. Yes, a person's seichel is limited. 
in order to connect to and see and experience the spiritual world, you can't use your mind. So what do you use? What do you use? So he says, so don't again don't miss the point a person can study the depth of even he says a, a shocking thing he says listen to the fine thing we're just we're just highlighting the point through the words of the Rebbe. You can have a person that learns Kabbalah his whole life. And he knows all the information. He knows the Olamos, he knows the Sphiros. The Marshal, he knows the Chesed Kodim Gvura, but Tiferes Machim Ben Chesed Gvura Chadoim, he knows the Chesed Kamsu Gvura, and Tiferes is the medium between Chesed and Gvura. Because exactly how the spiritual world is structured, even the human internet can grasp. If you want to know what this olam is and what the spirit is, you, you get. I don't know if there's actually quite a, there's a long tradition of secular Kabbalists. Madonna. Huh? Madonna. Well, no, she's she's a religious Kabbalist who just no, they they're, they're professors of professors of of mysticism. There's books. There's there there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. In Hebrew, they've got, there's a person, I think, I think, the people, the kids, uh, who are studies of, I'll give you an example, my history of art lecturer. He was a, a Kabbalist, student of Kabbalah. And he, he pointed out in some of our, huh? well, he pointed out that you can, you can have Yadiyas, you can have all the knowledge of Kabbalah, because you can read it, you know, there's certain books which tell it to you. And he, he was fascinated by the Christian Kabbalah. There's a, there's, a, there's a secret sect of Christians who have a Kabbalistic tradition. A lot of them were, are, were artists, the Dada artists. Duchamp was a Kabbalist. Duchamp was a Kabbalist. Who? Duchamp, Marcel Duchamp, he is a Dada artist. He is a person that, that, if you look at his work, so you can learn his work on the Pshat level, level on the, on the Soid level. On the, he did a few things. One of his famous works is, 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 a, is a urinal. Um, yeah, sound or mat, and he he did this, and people like said he was in the twenties, the twenties, yeah. where he he put this on exhibition, and people thought ah he's making a mockery of art. Art is that when you put something on display, people say wow look at the contours. So he took something which is a disdainful object, and he said if I put it into an art gallery, people are going to say wow what a magnificent work of art. Mm-hmm. And, and the point is name, like and the fact that he put his name on it, he said people were just buying it for money. That name. wasn't his name. So the more that he put it into an installation, into a gallery, I always understood he put his name on no, it. No, he didn't put his name on it. People, people just bought the name. No, so yeah, the irony the was the irony was he was making a mockery of art. And then it became an uh, art treasure until now. Like, he's got signs that he sells to like for hundreds of thousand dollars. To so th- th- that was one thing. But he did. He said he did a lot of these things. And but he, one of his works is called the Hat Track, and it's a conical structure which is made up of ten concentric circles with places to stick to rest your hat on at the top. So Pasha Pshat is doing the same thing again, but the man Mikim Zogen that why is it? Ten concentric circles, because it's connected to spheres. And the hat, a hat in Hebrew is called that. That that's that pronounced that like place to your hat is a vav, 
a vav is connected the the male nature of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name, and it's a perush in the spheres. Another 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 Kabbalistic artist that, that if you know is is Miro Juan Miro. He is a, a serious artist, but he's, he's he, you never find like a seeming coherence between the titles he gives his paintings and the paintings themselves. Like you look at it and you try to find out where it is in the painting. So what he did in the lecture was he showed us in the painting the Shem Hashem. Where the Yud was, where the Hay was, where the Vav was, and you could see it. And like he spent his life pursuing these, trying to, like, because they're very secretive sects and none of them ever admit to it. So he tried to figure out through the art what type of, what type of drushes they were saying. So you can have an existence of a secular Kabbalist, you can see you can have a, a non-Jewish artistic Kabbalist. And um, they, they know all the stuff. Ah, oh, so what does he say? He says, Le Marshal, he can know all these things. But however, even though that's all true, but he doesn't feel it. Who is compared to? For a person who's blind, that never seen light. But he can describe the sun to himself. That it's as round as a ball, because he can feel a ball, and it's as hot as a oven. And it's, that's what the sun's like. It's just big and better. So he can only he can't he can only see the feel the limitations that he has. He can feel the heat of an oven and he can feel the loudness of a ball. So he can say, I know that the sun's round, I know it's hot. So that's what the sun is. But you can see and grasp that he has no clue what the sun is. And in his mind, what he thinks the sun is, is a distortion of what the sun is. But he can't see it because the sight needed to experience the sun in the full brightness of what it is, he hasn't. It doesn't belong to him. So therefore he limits himself. So he knows it, but it doesn't, it doesn't impact. So this is a basic and fundamental assoid, that you can't theorize about Yiddishkeit. If it's not experiential, you ain't getting it. You ain't getting it. And you can say droshes until you're blue in the face. And you can say droshes in the deepest flowing. But essentially, you just make that they wanted to bring down the so if you if you learn all those texts all you get is the the cold knowledge and that's not going to help you but he says there's a difference. And now he enters into something which is the exciting journey that we have to start entering into. Sometimes your ruach and your nefesh are awakened. And your neshama becomes tangible. It's no longer hidden inside of you. And you feel your ego disappearing. Then you can start to feel something which is beyond the constraints of your human form. People say, 
And then you start to understand things not through your intellect and not through proofs and not through peel pull. Because then you can only get the clothing. But through your feeling, then you start to grasp what's beyond. Then you start to go with beyond the surface. And then you can peek into the Lamas In other words, you see that the whole Derech is to get there. And you can't get there through understanding and you can't get through learning. You can get there only through experience. You have to experience it. It's a little bit like an interesting... You can do without learning. Well, you, there's no way to go. I'm saying you, can't, you said you can't get there with learning, you, can't, you have to get there with experience. So I'm asking, can you get there without learning? Just you can't learning. get there with learning because there's no there. If you go to a place, you can, if you go, the levush, someone says to you, you go and you, you look at a person and you see them on their, on their superficial level, you don't understand how they work inside. So you, you know, if you can mathematically record, he came into the room, his height was five foot four, he had a gingerish beard with a receding forehead. And you can describe all of that, but you don't get the person, even though you can give a detailed description. You, you, get, you get a detailed description of who the person is, but you don't get a sense of deeply who the person is. But if there's no person in the room, so then there's nothing to describe and there's nothing to go beneath. You have to have the levush to get to the essence. Meaning, if you don't know and you don't learn, there's no, there's, there's no starting point. But learning is not the end point. What we're saying here is not that learning is, a, is not necessary, but we're saying it's not the end point. And it's ambiguous because people misinterpret it to be, oh, that's the end point. And that's a mistake. So now you have a Kiddush that not only has to, in other words, in oh, tefillah. No. Over here we're talking about. Learning as well, you this is learning. This is actually not tefillah. We're applying it to tefillah. How much more so? Ben Benoisha Kavu Chaymer, this is what tefillah is all about. But even learning this is what it's about. People think that learning is an intellectual exercise. It's a tremendous mistake. It's a tremendous mistake. Learning is not an intellectual exercise. If you read, see how Reb Chaim Velazhin describes learning, it's an intimate connection with the creator of all worlds. Now, if a person feels that when he's learning Torah, it's the same as studying any philosophy or mathematics or biology, so then he's not studied Torah. He's learned information, and the information is contained into the Torah, but he hasn't learned Torah, because learning Torah is an experience of connection with the divine. No, we shouldn't just wait till we do something. How does one change? Really, how long do we have to wait for before we feel something? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a marshal. I'll give you. So, so uh, just before, do like, you first change in learning? You first change in learning. Okay. Well, all I'm doing, all we've done today, is I've tried to create a little bit of an opening for you to understand that sometimes what we creating the contrast of how seemingly we're living a life which despite the fact that we're saturated with 613 mitzvahs it can still be devoid of spirituality and and entering into the idea that even in the realm of the intellectual side of Judaism the experiential is the crucial and vital ingredient and then we have to discuss how to get there perhaps first in tefillah and then later in Torah that's, a, that's our point of exploration. But you see clearly that it's a process which transcends the cerebral. Something to look for.